Welcome to the Speaking Words of Life for Educators podcast, where we shine a bright light on your incredible call of carrying the kingdom of God into your classroom, school, and community. It's here that you'll be transformed by the truth of your identity and activated to live the full life Jesus paid for. I'm your host, Jessica Glover, and I warmly welcome you to get ready to be encouraged, strengthened, and activated today in your position in the world of education. I am so glad you're here. Hey, everybody. I just want to welcome you back. And I'm really excited today because I have our first special guest, Jamal Maxim, here from Igniter of Champion Leaders. And I'm super excited to have Jamal today because we have connected on our purpose in the world of education during this season of our lives in wanting people in the teaching profession and also in in administrative roles to step into the fullness that Jesus has already paid for. And that means that we become champions in our workplace of walking in the fullness of our kingdom identity. And so I'm excited to have Jamal on today to share a little bit about what he does but also some strategies that he has learned along his own way and following the Holy Spirit as a teacher and also as an administrator and identifying problems and seeing behind the problem and the ways to step through those to bring a breakthrough. So welcome, Jamal. I'm so glad to have you today. Thank you so much, Jessica. It's great to be here. Yeah, and I'd love for you to first share just a little bit of the name that you have as Igniter of Champion Leaders and how the Lord has kind of laid that out for you. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that that God told me is he wanted me to be an igniter. You know, I recognize because initially my thought was to influence and to equip. But God spoke to me and said, one, that I needed to define what I do in a more aggressive way, which is to ignite. Because when you were talking about igniting something, you're talking about sparking something that spreads and that lasts. Mm -hmm. And so I'm an igniter of champion leaders. And this thing about champion leaders is all about being a person of influence, whether you have a position or not, Mm -hmm. and leading like a champion, owning the fact that God has given you favor and given you influence with people and that you have to do it in a way like you are a champion because the greater one lives on the inside of us and greater is he than he that is in the world. And when you are talking about implementing change and demonstrating the kingdom of God in the school and bringing his solution, you're going to deal with challenges. You're going to deal with natural challenges. You're going to deal with spiritual challenges. And you're going to deal with challenges that's a mixture of both. And you have to overcome them and lead like a champion. You're not a champion until you have gone through some type of conflict. You can't say you're a champion if you never had to compete or deal with conflict and exercise the victory over it. And so it's all about leading, but doing it in a way where you're a champion and you're not succumbing to the pressures to, to pull back or to draw back or to let things be the way they are when God has called you to do something different and to make change. That's so good. Cause I love to talk about it as having like even a lack mentality that we don't have enough, yes. but in Jesus, we have the fullness of everything we need for life and godliness and every special blessing in Christ. And that includes our classrooms. I think sometimes we get yes. stuck in like, I have it at church 
but I don't have it at work at, at my school. Mm. And like, God wants to release that to us, those plans and those strategies to bring answers that the world needs, our students need. Yes. And Jamal, I love for you to just speak also for a minute about the different things that you do to equip. I know you do some work with teachers. You also do work with teachers who want to step into admin. Will you speak just a little bit about what it is that you provide for people? Absolutely. And I just want to touch on what you just yeah. said, because recently I taught a class in, at the church that I helped lead on um, prophetic evangelism. And one of the things that we had to help people recognize is that the gift of God, the gifts of the spirit that are given to us, because the scripture says we all have a grace gift that's been given to us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And Holy Spirit distributes those gifts as he wills. And sometimes we think about gifts and operation, like words of wisdom, words of knowledge, healing, prophecy, for only a four-wall gathering. And we think a revival is we're going to come to the, to the fellowship or the local church five days a week and experience these awesome moves of God, where that happens. But the gift is to operate outside of the That's gathering good. and in our classrooms. Yeah. And we have to think about why we are gifted mm -hmm. and that our gifting is not limited to a particular space or a particular location. Yeah. And so what I do in my business is I really help people answer the call and really recognize that they are gifted and how to use those gifts. So for teachers who recognize God is calling me to, to be a part of the change and to bring his solution because I'm divinely positioned like Joseph, then I help them recognize, okay, you can be a person of influence. You don't have to change your position and you can just implement what God has given you to implement and how to identify the thing that keeps sticking out to you. And you don't have to solve every problem in your school district. You solve the yeah. one that God has given you to, and you can be that person of mm -hmm. influence. But then there are others who say, look, I know I need to solve this problem, but I feel called to get a leadership position and to put title behind mm -hmm. my influence and to be in that realm where I'm with other people with titles behind their influence. And so I help them with that. I help them step out of the classroom and go to the principal's office. Like I say, you know, I they go to the principal's <laughs> office. And so I help them go to the principal's office to recognize one, that they need to focus on learning how to lead because admin prep would do good at teach you curriculum and instruction. And they'll, do, they'll give you maybe one semester on leadership, but I'm going to help you. I help people learn how to lead and then I help them learn how to hone the skill of leadership, learn the art of leadership and the science behind leadership, but then also the spiritual gift of leadership. Because in Romans, it talks about leadership being a spiritual gift. So how do I tap into the power of Holy Spirit to access the favor of God and to lead from that place and allow him to lead through me as I bring his solution? And so that's what I do. That's so exciting and a really important work too. And I, I love that you're filling in that gap, Jamal, of the system of our getting a credential only provides so yes. much, but the other layer that you're bringing up is how do I sit in heavenly places and hear the heartbeat of heaven? Yes. And then how do I bring that into the school system? And I know one of the things that you really have a heart for, and you've seen in your own life as an administrator and, and as a teacher too, is that you are able to listen to the heartbeat of heaven and to move with what the Lord said to do. He gave you kingdom strategies 
to bring a breakthrough yes. in your schools and specifically for seeing academic breakthrough, but also cultural breakthrough. Will you speak to maybe sharing a story or two about how God did that and how you attuned your ears to hear what the Lord was saying in those situations? Absolutely. And I'll use the example from a, a charter school that I had to turn around in six months. I was sent there um, after the Christmas break. The superintendent let go of the previous principal right before the Christmas Ooh. break. And I was to start right afterwards. Mid-year. <laughs> mid-year. And it's like, oh, you don't start anything no. mid-year. It's not even, especially as a principal. And I and I felt like I was being set up for failure. Honestly, yeah. I was like, you expect me to turn something around mid-year yeah. going into testing season. <laughs> I'm like, what do you, what is, you know, what's going on? You know, but the superintendent was like, I just can't take it anymore. You know, these <laughs> kids are not getting what they need. The teachers are not getting what they need. Yeah. And so the strategy that God gave me was very simple. And it was actually something that I saw. He didn't have me reinvent the wheel. You know, as I, as I went, I walked through the building with my superintendent and she was showing me the classrooms and everything else and allowing me to meet people. But I was very intentional to be quiet, you know, and I wasn't trying to be rude to anyone. So I smiled and shook hands and said hi, but I didn't really do a lot of small talk. So the first thing I did was I assessed the situation. I walked through the school building and not only watched to see what would highlight and stick out to me. And I took a lot of notes, but also what would, what was Holy Spirit saying? What was he, what was he revealing to me about each teacher in each classroom and the environment as a whole. And so after I just kind of allowed myself to be quiet and then went and prayed and I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, what is the thing we need to do first? I recognized that culture took a hit because of how that principal led and that principal wasn't visible and really wasn't doing their work and had everybody else doing her assignment. Wow. I said, so culture took a hit. And so the first thing I did was I recognized I needed to be visible. Mm -hmm. And then I needed to be, and I did the exact opposite. I need to be visible and I need to make sure I was doing my work mm -hmm. and not putting it off on other people. So they saw me doing walkthroughs. They saw me greeting people, greeting kids and out there at arrival and out there at dismissal because that's what this principal didn't yeah. do. And because of that, the people were hurting. Okay. And then, then I began to reaffirm the teachers because they worked hard and their work wasn't being acknowledged. So God told me, which is something I saw at the school I was previously leading, which I didn't institute, but I kept going. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to do a teacher of the month. And so in the middle of the hallway of the main hallway, we had this big board with frames around it. It was like where you actually would put awards or something mm -hmm. like that. And so right there, every month was teacher of the month. So I would have the teacher's picture and some words of affirmation about the teacher. And I'm like, look, you're a teacher of the month. And I didn't choose them. So it was like the peers chose the teacher of the month. And then each teacher then chose a student of the month. That's good. And so the kids were excited because they were looking to see who would be student of the month for each mm -hmm. class. And then they were looking to see, okay, who would be teacher of the month? So it, that same climate and culture that I was creating and affirming the teachers, they were then able to replicate for the students and it shifted everything. That's so good. And then they like rise to the occasion on like calling out the golden people. They stand up taller, they behave in a better yes. way, it, like raises the culture in terms of even what we expect or how we execute what we're doing. That's so good. That's yes. really cool. And that criteria wasn't for the students, wasn't even just based on mm -hmm. grades. Because what I wanted was a student who was struggling with the mastering the content mm -hmm. 
I didn't want them to feel like a failure mm -hmm. because one, they were struggling with mastering the content yeah. because the content is going to be challenging. That's why they're learning right. it. You know, because I would tell a kid all the time, look, why are you mad that you are having trouble learning this? Because that's the whole point of school. If you knew it, we wouldn't have to teach it to you. <laughs> we would be teaching you something else. And so if they were struggling with the content, I didn't want them to get discouraged. But I also wanted them to recognize that being student of the month was one of recognizing effort and excellence. Yeah. So just because you tried hard doesn't mean you have to have operated at, at a place of excellence. So there were the criteria wasn't just grades. It was it was okay. How much are you participating in class? Are you asking questions? Are you putting in the work? Are you putting in the mm -hmm. effort? And how are you carrying yourself in class? Yeah. Not that not if you messed up and got one referral, or if you got suspended one time, it, you weren't disqualified. It was like overall, mm -hmm. how mm -hmm. are you doing? in an overall picture. And so that made it a level playing field for students who weren't catching on as quick as others. Cause you know, you have in the classroom, some that perform higher than yeah. others and things like that. And so it made it level because the students who weren't performing that well at first didn't feel like, Oh, so-and-so is going to always get it. Cause they always get A's and they would disqualify themselves and not try. Yeah. But what I did was I took away the opportunity for them to disqualify themselves mm -hmm. and it caused it to be equal and it really reaffirmed and built them up as yeah. well. I love that you took away the disqualifiers because I think we have so many kids yeah. who come to school where they just, they have that apathy and it really stems from not knowing my purpose or my identity, but they don't see any purpose in trying. And they have that, like, if I try and I fail, oh, I might as well not try kind of thing in their brain. So you exactly. provided an opportunity for them to step into greatness even if they didn't yes. have the A or the best, you know, <laughs> outstanding grade. Instead, it was like, did you put forth excellence to, to achieve? It's really good. Because you said something there that really sparked something. We talked about the apathy, mm -hmm. because what I recognize is the enemy would try to plant seeds of doubt, even in teachers as well as in mm -hmm. kids. Some teachers come doubting themselves, doubting their calling, doubting their yeah. impact. And then it might be transferred to them doubting the kids' yeah. ability, especially when you're serving kids of low socioeconomic status. Sometimes they doubt the kids can perform, so they want to do just enough so they don't feel so because they think that they don't want to set them up for failure yeah. instead of challenging them. But sometimes kids come with seeds of doubt because somebody has told them what they would never mm -hmm. do, what they would never be like, or why aren't they more like. And so they come with those seeds mm -hmm. of doubt. And so what we have to do is uproot those mm -hmm. seeds that have been planted in their soul and eliminate anything that they might try to, the enemy would try to use to make them disqualify themselves and give them opportunities to succeed. Because once they do, that creates a momentum and then we can keep planting and watering the seeds of success. Yeah. And then you'll see a difference. Yeah. Jamal, you're talking on something that I wanted us to head into anyway. So I'm going to kind of ask a couple questions that are going to lead us that way. One thing that Jamal does really well is that he helps teachers step into a place of hearing God's voice to bring a breakthrough that yes. with problems that are facing a classroom or maybe a whole school system. And so he's helping leaders, which I believe that's what we are as kingdom educators. We're leaders. We're those who are stepping into the fullness that Jesus paid for us, our kingdom identity. Would you share with us, Jamal, some of the strategies that you give to champion teachers and administrators that helps them hear God's voice for like the problem behind the problem and then seeing it to the place of breakthrough? 
Yes. And I'm going to tell you, it's not really that complicated. It's not like a real <laughs> deep process. You know, a lot of people say, well, I'm going to give you these seven yeah. steps to hearing the voice yeah. of God. And, you know, it's, it's very simple. <laughs> right. It's, it's very simple. The one thing I recognize is the scripture says we know his voice and a stranger we will not yeah. follow. And a lot of times we hear him, but we question if we've heard mm -hmm. him. And that's a tactic of the enemy that he used through the serpent in the garden. Did God really say? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so the key is to do more listening than talking and to do more watching because the scripture tell us to watch as well as mm -hmm. pray. And so a lot of things are caught that when we are attentive and intentional to watch, mm -hmm. then we are catch a lot of things. And so the like first thing is- Like you did when you observed say, the school before you took over a mid -year. Yes. Yeah. You stopped and you listened. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, I listened and I mm -hmm. watched. I didn't do a lot of talking mm -hmm. at first. And so just you have to sit back and watch and then allow Holy Spirit to speak to you about what you are seeing. So many times in the scripture, God will ask the prophet, what do you see? Seeing is so important. So the first thing is I will pray and ask God, give me the eyes to see not only what you're showing me, but to see what's really going on, to see beyond the natural. Yeah in this situation or in this mm -hmm. school. And then after you ask God to give you eyes to see, you have to like actually do the act of faith and watch and look mm -hmm. and take notes on what you're seeing. And then in your prayer time, okay, God, this is what I'm, what I, am I seeing everything? Mm -hmm. Am I missing mm -hmm. anything? And then just ask God, okay, what is the one thing that you want me to address? Because a lot of times what you see you're going to see the problem and you're going to see multiple problems. And it's like, okay, what is the one problem? That's the root that I need to address. Yeah. And then when he tells you, then after he identifies that problem to you, then it's simply, okay, what are we going to do about it? What would you like? What is my role in building your kingdom and resolving this issue? Yeah. And when you ask that, you just listen. Mm -hmm. That's like, that's what Habakkuk did. When Habakkuk, you know, everybody quotes, write the vision and make yeah. it plain. But before that, Habakkuk said, I'm going to go to my watchtower and see what he will say to me. Because Habakkuk had been having a conversation with mm -hmm. God about a particular thing. And so the issue is, and it's similar to Nehemiah. The issue is when we see it, we pray about it, and then God will move on us to do something about it. And then when we begin to move in it, he will unfold the remainder of the strategy. Because one thing I caution people on is not to get caught in analysis paralysis and waiting on the totality That's of good. God's plan for repair in your school mm -hmm. before you move mm -hmm. on it. Because sometimes he's not going to give you step two until you actually have acted on step That's one. That's wisdom right there. And so, so you have to, <laughs> when he gives it to you, you have to just ask him, okay, is this the thing I act on right now? Because there are times, and I'm giving this caveat, where he'll give you something and it's not for you to act on in that moment or in that season. And then you can be presumptuous. And so that's why I always talk about God's solution being a solution of wisdom. Mm -hmm. So when he gives it to you, instead of overthinking, it's okay. Do I act on this right now? Yes mm -hmm. or no? And I mean, and that's all it takes. It doesn't take anything deep. And we, just like David says, shall I pursue or not? And then so God will say yes and, or no. And when he says yes, you act on it. And you start implementing and he'll unfold the rest. If he says no, you sit on it and then you say, okay, well, what should I be doing in this moment? He'll tell you that That's too. That's good. Really just like tuning into the spirit of wisdom and revelation, like giving us eyes to see and yes. ears to hear. When we talk about that, that's what we're really, really standing on is stepping into that place of, of listening well. Will you share, I know you shared with me this 
personally when we'd had a call earlier, but will you share a story of a time when the Lord gave you the, the behind the problem and what to do in terms of turning around a school? Yes. I'm trying to think what story did I tell? <laughs> well, it was the one about, oh. and we were relating it to, um, something that teachers are really facing right now. And that's that a lot of kids have had some trouble with academics since COVID because they haven't yes. been held as accountable or it's just been harder to learn during the season. And so we're trying to do this catch up mm-hmm. game, but the Lord gave you a strategy yes. for helping with academically behind students and helping a school really take a turn. Yes, absolutely. One of the things I recognize is that we have to deal with the hope that the students have. And it's similar to what I was talking about when I say eliminate the excuses or the disqualifiers that the enemy would try to bring mm-hmm. to them. And so a lot of times, you know, because we're hearing this and we've heard it pre-COVID, it's nothing right. new, especially in public school. Yeah. Oh, kids are two to three years behind. You know, when I started teaching, kids were two to three years behind in math yeah. and ELA. And I've been in the environment where it's like, okay, let's focus on ELA. You know, we got to get them, <laughs> got to get them up, got to get them mm-hmm. up. And then the math scores are drop even more. And so the thing that I find, one, is you have to have a balanced approach. But That's two, good. you have to deal with the confidence mm-hmm. of not only the teacher, but the student. You have to deal with their expectation. Because yeah. a lot of times when students are not performing, there's something going on that's causing them to not perform. Yes, it may be, I don't understand the content. The root of it could be they may have lost confidence or lost hope in their ability to learn, or they might not see the relevance of what they're learning. So you want to deal with that part before you deal with any other academic interventions, because, of course, we've done that. And elementary land is easy. You can schedule in an, an entire academic block and have everybody switch at the same time. Mm-hmm. So for those 60 minutes, everybody's getting some kind of academic intervention or enrichment. You know, in high school, it was a little more difficult how those blocks are structured. Mm -hmm. But when you're doing that, and before you do that, and before you think about, okay, we need these new curricular tools, you got to deal with the culture. Mm -hmm. Because the culture trumps the strategy. The culture is what sets the atmosphere for the other strategies to work. But the key is you need to have a strategy to build culture in order for the culture to be conducive for the other Mm -hmm. strategies. You have to do something intentionally to build the hope and expectation of the students and teachers and to build the joy for the students and teachers, meaning it has to be fun. It has to be some type of fun environment that you create in order to, again, to complement their hope, to say, look, we're going to help you close these gaps. There's nothing wrong with you because you don't know this. You're not stupid because you didn't know this. It's challenging. It's supposed Mm -hmm. to be. It's going to make you grow. So what if somebody else got it before you? Because you got something before them that they didn't get. That doesn't make them better than you. Mm -hmm. So you're in this spot because we're going to help you grow. We're going to encourage you. We're going to make it fun for you. And then we're going to use these other tools that we found will work to help with that process. Wow, man, I just think about how many times we have a new mandate come down where you, like you said, we're going to focus on ELA, we're going to focus on math and then other stuff slides Mm -hmm. and how we just push these things, not only on teachers, but sometimes it's, you know, districts top down, right? But but the administrator maybe doesn't take time to seek the Lord or maybe they're not even a Christian. 
if we do have kingdom believers in these admin positions, or even as kingdom PLC leaders, your professional learning communities, when you have that happening, then that person's able to steward the environment to move with that breakthrough key, which can be so simple. Like you said, on like building up the confidence of the kids or the hope, or like you have a purpose or destiny, or this is what you're gifted with. What, when we speak that into them, like speaking words of life over them and calling them up, then they're able to have that boost that they need to actually enter into growing in the academics because they have the confidence to move in. I love that. I think that's huge. I'd really like to pick this up again in another podcast in the near future, but we're going to need to close out right now. Sort of keep this nice and sweet as people are probably heading to work or whatnot. But I'd love for you to share with us before we take off here, how can people get a hold of you? Because I know you have some awesome resources on Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And you regularly have a little show called the principal's office and a few other things, but could you share with us how people could get a hold of you online and email as well? Yes. I'm, I am on all of those social media platforms that you listed. Plus I'm on clubhouse and I do weekly rooms three times a week. I do a prayer room. I do a room on leadership and then I do a room on how to avoid allowing the new age to seep into education because they're trying yeah, it. That's and so, yes. And so the best way to contact me is by going to my website and just being a part of my email okay. list, because that way people know when I'm live on these different platforms because I send out notification. So if they just go to jamalmaxim.org and then go to the um, connect with me or let's connect. Yeah. I believe it it may say that and then just get on my email list. And so that way they'll know when I'm running a challenge, when I'm doing a a masterclass, when I'm doing these clubhouse rooms where they can talk to me live in real time and they'll know when I'm doing all these things. That's good. And just know too, people that uh, Jamal does offer free 15 minute sessions to kind of check in with him on an initial, excuse me, initial coaching session on wanting to see whether you'd like to meet with him to grow in these areas of teachers becoming champion leaders, and as well as wanting to move into the admin titled role of being a leader in their school. So Jamal, thank you so much for your time today. It was highly helpful. And I hope some teachers are walking away today with some new strategies or just ways of thinking about their position of influence, being a place where they get to champion and carry the kingdom wherever they go. So thank you again. Yes, I appreciate being on and it was an honor to share. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, and share with your friends in education so they too can be strengthened and encouraged in living their kingdom identity out loud in this pivotal hour. And please subscribe to be the first to hear about my newest resources, in-person and online events, and receive my inspiring bi-monthly newsletter by subscribing to speakingwordsoflife.com forward slash declarations. And be sure to find me on the socials at Speaking Words of Life number four educators. Speaking Words of Life for educators. Until next time, don't forget you're a world changer and what you do every day is changing lives.